Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There you will stand. Stay strong. I will say. Along live swift cast. Your headphones blaring our podcast. Nothing is sweeter than swift. Hey guys, welcome to episode 71 of SwiftCast. This is Ashley, Haley, Jill, Nate, and Steph. Everybody! We're all here! Yay! We're all here. This is a special occasion. This hasn't happened in such a long time. Exactly. We've been crazy busy all over the place at concerts and trips and so many places, and we have lots of great stories to tell you guys. Before we start, guys, uh, I know I do sound like death, but I am not actually <laughs> dying in this episode, so... Just getting over a little cold. He loves you guys so much that he just couldn't miss it. I heart you. <laughs> All of you. You said I heart. That's a good tie-in for this episode. Ah, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> there we go. Huh? <laughs> Unplanned. <laughs> like I said, lots of exciting stories to talk about, but before we get to all of that, if you guys haven't heard last week's episode yet, you should definitely go back and listen because we had Tim and Carson, the DJs from Y101, who also do the I Heard That Was Good movie podcast, and it was seriously one of probably the funniest episodes we've ever had. <laughs> Those guys are actually hilarious. I'm so sad that I've not been on an episode with them They yet. don't believe you're a real person. I know. Well, I wouldn't either if I was them at this point. <laughs> I haven't talked to them yet either. They probably don't even know who I am. They're like, who? who? <laughs> You're that girl that keeps Nate busy on trips when he can't record with them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that girl. <laughs> it was so cool that their last episode, they actually named after something that I had said in one of our previous episodes of SwiftCast, which was very cool. I was kind of joking and describing to Steph about how she was so close at the Shake It Off premiere that she could have shoved her out of the way and just give her a hard shove, I said. <laughs> and they thought it was so funny that they named the entire episode after it. And they had this laugh about it. They hard shove. <laughs> <laughs> Not what it sounds like, but... <laughs> I was dying when I saw the notification for that episode come out. I'm like, did you really name that after Nate? And they're like, we had to. We just had to. Seriously, they're two of the funniest guys I've ever heard in my life. If you guys have not heard their podcast, you should definitely go check it out. It's I heard that was good. I think one of my favorite things from the last episode was we were talking about the Rolling Stone article, and in it, it mentions Taylor's security guard named Jimmy, and they just created this whole character for him. (laughs) 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 He had an accent and like a whole backstory, and he kept coming back throughout the episode. I don't even know what's happening, but I love it. The accent was spot on. And they're from Mississippi. It was just like this middle-aged, like really thick New Jersey kind of accent. Oh my god, (laughs) I need to listen to it. So definitely go listen to that if you need a laugh. I promise you will not regret it. Anyway, so we've been all over the place, and last weekend, September 13th, Steph and I and a few of our other friends actually went to Nashville to see Ed Sheeran's headlining show. 
It was awesome. Easily one of the best nights of my life and also very emotional because it was almost exactly a year since we last saw Taylor and Ed perform there on the last night of the Red Tour. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we were hoping all week, we talked about it on a previous episode, how we wanted Taylor to show up and sadly she didn't. But Ed is just so, so talented. I really hope he comes back to North America at some point. He did such a short tour here and he has so many more singles to release that I'm still holding out a little bit of hope that he'll do another leg. If you haven't gotten a chance to see him go, if he comes back. I really hope he does another leg because he didn't get close to Colorado. I bet he will. He really seems to love touring. He's doing it all the time. So I can't believe he didn't go to Madison Square Garden though. Yeah, that's kind of why I think he'll come back. Yeah. The album has only been out for almost three months, right? Yeah, and previously he toured for like two years before this, so I highly doubt he'll be done. Yeah, I've already been checking his tour dates, and he's going to be abroad until at least February, but I'm holding out hope for later. Well, I was just absolutely blown away by his concert, and I expected to be. And one of the things that I noticed was that several of the songs of his that on the album I just think are kind of okay, that aren't my favorites, for example, I See Fire, when he did it live, it just became my new favorite song. He brought every song to life in a way that I couldn't even imagine. Yeah, for me, that song was Bloodstream. When I saw the set list and I saw Bloodstream was on it, I thought, oh, he chose that over Photograph. Ugh! Don't even talk to me about the lack of Photograph. I know. I'm very bitter. <laughs> How is the most popular song not on there? I've said that that would be like if Taylor hadn't done all too well on the Red Tour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do definitely agree with that, but the way he performed Bloodstream was flabbergasting. I could not believe how incredible it was. I do really like the song already, but yeah, I'm surprised that you thought that you didn't really like it before uh, you saw it live. I liked it. I just thought he could have chosen other songs. Right, yeah. For us, he performed Runaway, which is another one that I loved, and I didn't think he was going to sing, but I was really happy he did. So that was the surprise song? Because I was really confused. Well, I thought there was another song that was a surprise song. It seemed like he added an extra in for us, but I'm not sure. Jeez, guys, it's like you are pretending you went to the concert. <laughs> I was really upset that there was no photograph. I was tweeting him, begging him to play it. We had shirts that were actually inspired by the song photograph, and I was tweeting him pictures all day, hoping he'd play it. He didn't, but I was not disappointed by the concert at all. My other favorite song, probably of the whole night, was his performance of Take It Back. His rap skills, oh my god. So good. He does not even take a breath in that song. I saw the YouTube of the rap part, and it was so good. He's just incredible. And to be up there all by himself. He doesn't need anything on stage except himself. One thing that I thought was really interesting is, I mean, I knew that he was going to just be him in the loop pedal on stage, and he wouldn't have a band or anything, but I really expected when he first came on stage for there to be some sort of intro or some indication he was coming on, and there totally wasn't. <laughs> he just, like, walked on out of thin air in the middle of... Out of nowhere. He always does Yeah, that. basically. But it's the second that he did, of course, everybody was just going completely insane and he didn't really have to do anything to get our attention. And the only other artist that I've seen do that who also did it very successfully is Keith Urban. 
Yeah, he really does just perform a lot like Ed. Yeah, he has more of a band, but just completely straight through the whole set. No breaks, no fancy lighting or costume changes or sets, just straight music. Yeah, I was just going to say that. I felt like we got out early, but I felt like we had way more time with him because he just goes straight through. And he played so many songs in that short amount of time. I did think, though, that his false ending was a total joke. Oh, yeah. He pretty much just said, see you guys, thanks. <laughs> I think that was for Icy Fire, wasn't it? Yeah. He's like, this is my last song, bye. And he hadn't even done Sing or the A-Team. We're like, yeah, Ed, I'm sure you're done. He's like so not subtle about that at all. <laughs> you know. I like his sense of humor. It is funny. And then the way he ended the concert was also something that I've never seen before. I guess I've heard from people that he did this, but it was cool to see it where he ended with sing and he just kept repeating the chorus and having the audience repeat the chorus and then said, I want you guys to keep singing this, sing it on your way out, sing it to the car, sing it when you get up tomorrow morning. And then he, we kept singing it. And then as we were still singing it, he just left and it was over. Yeah, he did that in New York, and it was surprising, but it's kind of cool. I have a question, because when Nate and I saw him, there were so many girls that threw their underwear on stage. (laughs) Did anybody do that this show? I don't think so. There was a lot of things thrown on stage at our show. I was farther away than I would like to have been, so I couldn't really see, but I didn't notice that. Another thing about Nashville that was very exciting for me, and probably for Ashley too, is we finally got to see the Taylor Swift Education Center for the first time at the Country Music AKA Hall AKA Heaven. Heaven. Yes. <laughs> Go if you have not gone yet. Check out the new additions to the museum. They've got all kinds of Taylor stuff. It's so cool. I spent a lot of time recording We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together in a studio, and I can't <laughs> sing, so it was really fun. And Wait a minute, wait a minute. You can sing and make your own recording? Yeah. That is so awesome. new section, it's like a fake tour bus, and they have this little studio recording, actually two, in the tour bus. So, of course, I picked We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together. Do you get to keep your song, or is it just for fun? It was just for fun. That'd be really cool. But seeing the Education Center was also really cool. All of her songwriting awards are displayed, and there was a big wall where you could post your favorite song of the summer, and there were a million shake-it-offs. I was so Mm. happy by that. Is that where her uh, Pinnacle Award is? That's in another part of the museum. Okay. That would be really cool to see. It really was. I mean, I was lucky enough that I was there to see her actually win the award, and then to see it up close like that was really, really cool. Mm Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was a great day. And it was the 13th, so that made it even better. This says, taking a slight detour to become an Ed Sheeran podcast. Hope you guys don't mind. (laughs) Sheerio cast, as I've said before. (laughs) But moving on, we have a ton of news. Seriously, a ton of news. So we're going to go right into Keeping Up With Swift. So Shake It Off, I feel like every single week we have more and more news about it to report because it just keeps hitting more milestones. So for the past two weeks, it's actually been the number two digital song for downloads. And then it's also been number two on the Hot 100. It was number one for several weeks, but now Megan Trainer is actually at the number one spot with All About That Bass. But the grand total of all time of downloads for Shake It Off as of last week was already at 1.5 million, which is amazing. Yep, that's my prediction for album sales for the first week. I can see that. So definitely keep requesting the song on your local radio station and buy it on iTunes. If you haven't, gift it to your friends. You can buy more copies of it and help it get back to number one. 
Also, speaking of Shake It Off, the music video has already reached 100 million views in less than three weeks. So that means it's now Vivo certified, and this is Taylor's seventh Vivo certified music video. Whoa, that's crazy. That didn't take long at all. No, it was so fast. Taylor performed at the National Target meeting in Minnesota, which was really cool, and she sang Shake It Off, of course. She sang We Are Never, I Knew You Were Trouble, and during I Knew You Were Trouble, which I'm sure you all know, she did fall down. She had a little spill, and I don't think she's fallen down since the Speak Now tour, so it was pretty funny. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. She recovered quickly. Yeah. A lot of the videos are on Twitter if you want to see it. She had that bloody knee in Red Tour. Oh, she did, yep. I don't know if she she didn't fall, though. Well, maybe backstage. And speaking of Target, she also was spotted filming a Target commercial in New York City, so we'll probably be seeing that soon. And she wore three different amazing outfits and even casually carried a bundle of red balloons around the city, which must have been really hilarious to see if you were just walking along the streets. Just like Taylor Swift with a bunch of red balloons. Can she carry those every day so she's easier to spot and we can I know. Exactly. That is really funny. So speaking of Target, I thought this was really cool because my store manager ended up going and it was only five rows from the stage. So I asked her for some inside scoop when she got back and I was like, what did Taylor do? And she goes, she fell. That was the first thing out (laughs) of her mouth is she fell. (laughs) and she said she's gonna give me photos later so as soon as i get those i will post them on the swiftcast twitter did she get any video i don't think she got video but i'll definitely ask if she did and i will let you guys know but i'm really excited to see these commercials because if she's wearing anything that is going to be sold i will be the first one to buy them (laughs) (laughs) pre-order it buy every single shirt yeah So speaking of things I'm also looking forward to is Taylor is going to be featured on popcorn bags and soda cups at Regal Cinema. The exact date of the promotion is still uncertain, but we will definitely let you know when we know what's going on. And it's been reported that her sponsorship with Subway will begin October 1st. Subway! This is amazing! (laughs) I love Subway. She's just going to be dictating every aspect of our lives for the next, like, (laughs) where we're going to eat, where we're going to go to the movies, what we're going to wear. She's taking (laughs) over the whole world. (laughs) You're not going to be able to turn a corner without seeing Taylor this fall. She's literally taking over all the biggest businesses. I hope that at the concerts, there'll be, like, free subways and club whatever it is. (laughs) Like she did with Diet Coke. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yes. (laughs) That would be incredible. But I think it's probably going to be more like the Papa John's thing. Yeah, probably. I remember a long time ago when American Idol had first started and their tour was sponsored by Pop-Tarts. And I went and they gave out free Pop-Tarts to everybody. (laughs) I went, too, when they had that. Really? Yeah. I can't even imagine sitting in a movie theater and like drinking out of a cup that has Taylor's face on it. That's amazing. <laughs> I would never be able to throw it away. Yeah. I know. Well, I was going to say, I hope that they're the really nice plastic, reusable, collectible cups, which I assume that they would be because Taylor only deserves the best. If they're not, then everybody asks for a clean cup because when the Papa John's thing was going on, I asked for a clean box and they gave me one. Yeah, good nice. idea. Because I don't want the popcorn bag to get all greasy. Yeah, I'm sure they'll give them out. It'll be fine. Yeah. And other news not related to food. (laughs) 
unfortunately yeah unfortunately taylor did tweet uh and release the outtake videos for the modern dance and animated dance segments of the shake it off video and if you haven't seen them check them out uh she posted them on her twitter and they're really funny as all the other ones are so check them out in international news taylor is going to be performing on the season finale of the x factor in australia and that's going to air sometime in october but we don't have the date confirmed yet so we'll let you know as soon as that's confirmed Also internationally, Taylor is going to attend the MTV Europe Music Awards, which the last time she went, she slayed the whole thing. This is going to occur in Glasgow on November 9th, so mark your calendar. She's nominated for Best Female Artist and Best Look, so vote for her now at mtvema.com. And also, as we mentioned previously, Taylor is going to be an advisor on The Voice. And uh, the season's going to premiere on NBC on September 22nd. That's this week. Yeah, yeah. actually, that is a set. Tomorrow! <laughs> yeah, wow. Yeah, there you go. By the time you hear this, the season will have started. Boom. But don't get too excited, because that's just when the blind auditions are going to begin. So don't expect Taylor to appear on the show until later in the season. When we know more things, obviously, we're going to keep you guys updated. I don't think the advisors came in until way later, when they had the top whatever... Yeah, probably like at least mid-season, I would think. Yeah, I don't think until maybe they have the top ten or something. No, I think as soon as they're done with blind auditions, when they get ready to battle, I think that's when they start bringing them in. Oh, okay. Well, after we recorded our Rolling Stones episode, we had another short article come out about five things we can expect from 1989, and here they are. Starting off, the lead track on 1989 is said to capture all the excitement of someone who just moved to New York City, and I wonder who that is. Taylor <laughs> says, I was <laughs> I was so intimidated by this city for so long, I thought I would never be able to make it here because I wasn't something big enough, bold enough, brave enough to take on this huge city in all of its blaring honesty. And then at a certain point, I just thought, I'm ready. Which is hilarious, because who's bigger than Taylor Swift? (laughs) (laughs) She is the epitome of everything that's brave. Yeah, exactly. New York should have been scared of her. (laughs) Yeah, all she has to do is look at the kids' campaign to know she's brave. Yeah. The second thing that we can expect is lots of Max Martin, which I think we already did expect. We know Taylor worked with him for Red, but he's going to have a much bigger role this time. And Taylor said, I used to talk about Max Martin like he was this sorcerer who lived (laughs) in a castle on a hill. And then one time, Scott Bruschetta said to me, you know, you can work with him if you want to. And I was like, what? (laughs) Max Martin, a sorcerer. (laughs) That's so funny. When we were in Nashville last weekend in line at the Pancake Pantry, there was this group of people in line in front of us. And all of a sudden, I just heard somebody say Max Martin. And of course, I instantly started eavesdropping to hear what they were saying. And so it was actually a group of people from Sweden. And they were talking about all the famous people from their country and how he's really well known. They weren't talking about Taylor. But it's so funny how as a Swifty, you're attuned to all these little things. And you hear someone mention anything that could be remotely related to Taylor and you're ready to basically tackle them for information (laughs) you're a wizard max (laughs) oh my god (laughs) Uh, 
So another thing we can expect from the album is two songs that were co-written and co-produced by Jack Antonoff, who's from the band Fun, who's also dating Lena Dunham, one of Taylor's good friends. And so he said that one of the things that he and Taylor bonded over was the snare drum sound on the Fine Young Cannibal song, She Drives Me Crazy, which is an 80s song. And he told Taylor, I just sampled that snare in a track. And then he said, I played her one second of it on my iPhone. And she was like, send me that track. And that became a song called I Wish You Would. I'm excited for that. And Jack later clarified in a tweet that they did not rip off the drum in that song, just so people know. It's called inspiration. Exactly. <laughs> they just created a similar sound together. But I'm excited for that one. That should Me be too. Good. That's a great song, so if it was inspired by that, I feel like we'll love it. I bet any money it immediately went up on the charts after that article came out. Well, I'm really excited about this next part is that there is going to be some classic Taylor Swift journaling. So one of the songs was basically taken straight out of the pages of her journal and another out of the woods sounds like it could have been. So Antonov co-wrote that song and he said the thing that I love about it is part of it reads like a diary and parts of it read like something 100,000 people should be screaming all together. It's got these big lines that everybody can relate to which are given weight by her being really honest about personal things. I think everyone is really excited about this song. This is the one about the snowmobile accident as well. Yeah, which came out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Hey guys, by the way, I almost died one time. Sorry I didn't tell you. <laughs> yeah, jeez. <laughs> well, the thing that he said about part of it being like a diary and part of it like something 100,000 people should be screaming all too well just immediately came to my mind. I hope that's one of the two ballads. <laughs> Obviously, All Too Well is basically straight from her diary. And what have we screamed louder than you call me up again just to break me like a promise? Yeah. That's a good point. It's so hard to know because the only thing we have to go off of is sweeter than fiction. But Fun has such creative and genius songwriting skills. So I could definitely see an All Too Well sort of out of the woods song. That also reminds me of this theory that I thought of last week that I want to know what you guys think about it. I was thinking about how Jack Antonoff has done all these songs with her and how the whole album obviously has an 80s sound. And then I was thinking about the fact that we never in any performance in any place ever have heard Sweeter Than Fiction live. And I just feel like maybe the reason why we never heard it on the Red Tour is because Taylor knew that it was going to fit in more with the sound of this tour and she was saving it. Probably, yeah. I hope you're right. I think it's hilarious to think back a year ago when Sweeter Than Fiction came out and people asked Scott what it was like, and he responded on Twitter, it's like the 80s. Yeah, I and remember And they knew that. back then what this album was going to be, so he pretty much told us a year ago and we just didn't realize. Yeah. You also have to note this album has fewer songs than usual, so I think it's definitely possible that Sweeter Than Fiction would be added on the set list. That would just make me so happy. It doesn't even have to be in the set list. I would love it, but even if she just performs it once, I just need a live performance of that song. Me too. It'd be cool to see like what it would be like. Well, the final fifth thing that we learned in this article is 
that Taylor was really influenced by the year 1989 because she feels like the 80s just had a feeling of freedom. People realized songs didn't have to be this standard drums, guitar, bass, whatever. We can do group vocals the entire song. We can do so many different things. There just seemed to be this energy about endless opportunities, endless possibilities, endless ways you could live your life. And so with this record, I thought there are no rules to this. I just thought it was funny that Taylor is so into the 80s with this whole album. She's like, yeah, 80s. And then I was thinking, I was like, Taylor, you were born in the very last month of the 80s. Like, (laughs) (laughs) the literal last month. (laughs) The last second. I just thought it was really funny. I mean, I get her whole message. I just thought it was funny. Yeah, she really experienced the 80s. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. As an infant. Two weeks of the 80s. Well, I was talking to someone recently about whether I thought that if there is or isn't going to be a track called 1989, which obviously she usually has a title track that matches Mm -hmm. the album name. But I was like, well, she didn't actually live in the year 1989. I'm not sure what that is. I'm not sure how she could relate her life to that. But we'll just have to see. Actually, I think from one of the stories of last night, somebody asked Taylor and she said that, no, there's not a track named 1989. That is just the theme of the album, which I think is cool. It's kind of different. I think it makes sense, mm-hmm. especially her her theme here is the rebirth. That's when she was born. Yeah. I mean, what would she say on a track called 1989? Whenever I think of that, I just think of the Bowling for Soup song, 1985. <laughs> 1985. <laughs> Where they just name every single artist from the 80s. To be honest, if she was going to write a song that was titled 1989, she could essentially just write the whole song about rebirth and coming into this new life, and it would totally make sense, but I don't think she did. Well, maybe that's what the track about moving to New York is kind of about. Yeah. Yeah. Really, for me, when you think 1989, is she just going to say, I was born and everybody knew I was going to slay everything someday? <laughs> not necessarily talking about her actual born and living in 1989 but more about just the actual song being about rebirth and like her age now and i think it could just be titled 1989 and it could actually work with the song if she did it right yeah it'll be interesting but i think i'd be okay with not having a title track yeah i like it like this i like just the theme anyways in other news Some more food news, which I'm excited about. While Taylor's learning how to use Tumblr, she put out a pumpkin chocolate chip cookie recipe. And if you want to recreate Taylor's cookies, you can find the recipe at www.foodnetwork.com. You go to recipes and then you go to pumpkin chocolate chip cookies. And I have actually made these from the Food Network because I make all my recipes from there. Um, And they're really, really good. So if you like to bake, I suggest baking those. It's the perfect time. You should make those and bring those to my house. No. (laughs) You should bake them and have them waiting for us when we get to your house next month. Excellent. That I will do. (laughs) But not for Nate. Not for Nate. No, also bring them to my house. No. No. Or we should bake them together wearing our tailor aprons. That would be more fun. Yes, that is what we're going to do. And then, of course, bring them to my house. No, nothing is coming to your house, Nate. Yeah, nobody's <laughs> coming to your house. Why don't you come to my house? With cookies, no. of course. <laughs> so it is only September, but People Magazine has already selected Taylor as the best dressed star of 2014. Obviously, it comes with no surprise. Especially with your fashion expertise. Thank you, Steph. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm glad somebody appreciates my eye for fashion. So that reminds me of another really funny thing that happened to me this week. I feel like I'm going off on a lot of tangents, but this is really funny. I was talking to my coworker 
and we don't really talk about Taylor that much, but she was like, I just saw something from Taylor on a magazine this week. What was it? And I was thinking she was going to say this People Magazine best dress thing, but instead she goes, was she carrying a cat around with her this week? (laughs) (laughs) That comes as no surprise either. Apparently this is like worldwide news and people are very confused as to why Taylor had Olivia on her arm the other day. Uh, fashion. It's the newest accessory. Yeah, it is. She made a good accessory. In all seriousness, though, I think she was going to a photo shoot. We already know that Olivia was in the Keds photo for the sneaky cat shoes. So that is actually her? I was confused. Yeah, it is actually her. So I wouldn't be surprised if she's going to be in more stuff. Poor Meredith. Meredith would never want to be in an ad, though. Yeah, Meredith wouldn't want to be in the ad. It's definitely Olivia, because in the description on in Taylor's store, it says, cute, adorable Olivia, not included. Aw. <laughs> Darn. Remember when we wanted to stuff Meredith? Now I want to stuff Olivia. I bet they'll get right on that. This seems to be the era where they're doing things that fans have been asking for for a while. Well, give me a stuffed cat. <laughs> <laughs> So our last piece of news for this week, which also we will touch on more in the main discussion, is that Taylor gave an absolutely amazing performance at the iHeartRadio Festival in Vegas this past Friday, September 19th. And I was there and it was so amazing. And we'll have a lot more to say about that coming up in a few minutes. So now it's time for our mini segments. Swifty problems just never stop coming. Ever. (laughs) Our first one comes from Perry78. At Taylor Swift 13, now I never know if Taylor's on Twitter, Instagram, or Tumblr. Hashtag shakes my head. Hashtag Swifty problems. <laughs> That's definitely a problem. I can barely keep up with her on one social platform. I know. I wish that you could get notifications sent to your phone when someone was on Instagram like you can on Twitter, because that would really help me. You can get notifications when somebody's on Twitter? When someone tweets, like get their tweets sent to your phone. Oh, right. I wish I could get Taylor's comments on other people's photos sent to my phone so I would know when she's on. It would be crazy if that happened. (laughs) Come on, Instagram. Help us out. Our next one's from at MollyDolly11. And she said, legit think I listened to Shake It Off eight times on my run this morning. Swifty problems. Uh, No, that's not a problem, actually. No, that's great. That song makes you run faster. I have proof. (laughs) (laughs) Our next one's from at Swift Essence 13, who says, I always jam to shake it off on the bus and people think I'm crazy. Swifty problems. That's all right. Our next one comes from at Ms. Nicola with three A's. I freaked out because I saw a license plate with 1989 on it. Swifty problems. That's cool. I would freak out too. Our last one comes from Tennessee Steph 13. I'm going out to dinner and I forgot to put on Wonderstruck. So now I'm sprinting back to the house. Swifty problems. <laughs> wow. That's when you need the little portable spray one that you just keep in your purse all the time. I did actually happen to bump into somebody at work who was wearing Taylor. It was kind of funny. I thought you were going to say I did just happen to sprint back to my house to put on Wonderstruck. <laughs> well, I was getting to that, but okay. <laughs> no, but I did ask the woman. I'm like, just bear with me, but I was like, oh, I was like, it's a very nice perfume you're wearing. I was like, I like the smell. I was like, what is that by chance? And she goes, oh, it's uh, actually Taylor by Taylor Swift. And I was like, oh, yeah, I, I thought so. I was like, my girlfriend wears that. That's not true. You said, are you wearing Taylor, baby? And she was like, yes, I am. No, I didn't say Taylor. Well, that's the story you told me. Well, that's the story you're remembering incorrectly. No. So. <laughs> you're wrong. Fight nicely. He just doesn't want to admit it to you guys. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) 
She goes, I get a lot of compliments on the perfume. That's what she said. I've had random people come up to me before in stores and things like that when I've had Taylor perfume on asking me about it. My coworkers, they love the smell of it too. Well, on that note from Nate, I think it's the perfect time to move into his favorite segment, the fashion section. Yes. Fashion. Excellent. Let's get going on fashion. That's why I come to these episodes, really. Well, first, we have Taylor at the German Radio Awards on September 4th. While she was greeting fans in the morning, she wore a really cute floral black collared dress, and it was called the French Connection Romanoff Rose Short Sleeve Jersey Dress. It is $138, and it's available on Amazon.com. She also wore a neutral colored sweater, and it is made by Aqua. It's called the Cashmere Side Slip Pullover in Oatmeal, and it is $225. So three days later, on September 7th, while Taylor was shopping on Regent Street in London, she wore Ford Love and Lemons Black Bohemian Style Festival Dress, and that's $195. And she wore Top Shop's Black Magnum Heeled Boots, $130, and Top Shop plain fedora hat which is sold out and she carried her prado safino luxe tote which we all know is a whopping two thousand two hundred and forty dollars i don't feel so bad about the boots i bought this week then (laughs) (laughs) the next day on september 8th taylor wore a gorgeous black pink and white floral outfit while conducting a radio interview in london it's called the aqua willow point crop top and $68 and the Aqua Willow Point Flippy Skirt, which is also $68. It seems like Aqua is like her new favorite brand. Yeah. Yeah, that and Reformation. Well, then on September 10th, when she went to the Target meeting that we talked about a little earlier, she wore an Alice and Olivia foreign pleated bustier romper, which is normally $550, but it went on sale recently for $329.98. And this was one of my favorite outfits she's probably ever performed in. I liked it a lot. I just felt bad that she fell down in it. <laughs> I don't think it was the outfit's fault. The shoes, which we don't know what they were yet. Maybe that's for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> well, while Taylor did her Target photo shoot in New York on September 14th, we got so many great outfits. I bet Nate was so excited that day. So excited. I was very excited. First, while she was shooting in a cafe, which, side note, reminded me of Begin Again, and also on the streets, she wore this gorgeous black floral crop top and short combo. It was called the ASOS Reclaimed Vintage Purple Floral Cutout Detail Crop Top, which is $64.75, and the shorts were called the ASOS Reclaimed Vintage Purple Floral Shorts, and those are also $64.75. And with that, she wore these gorgeous purple Brian Atwood suede hidden platform pump. Unfortunately, they're $447, so I can't buy them. But they look (laughs) really good with the outfit. I was going to say the good thing about a lot of these crop tops, I guess it's because they're less of a top, is that they're less money. Yeah, but you have to look like Taylor to wear them. (laughs) Yeah, that's the only problem. Yeah. I guess you could just buy the bottom, though, and wear like a regular shirt with it. Yeah. And while she was shooting her segment on the street, she wore a stunning gold top and skirt combo called the Alice and Olivia Sierra Jacquard Diagonal Seam Top, and that was $198. And the Alice and Olivia Vernon Metallic Jacquard Pleated Skirt, and that was $297. She wore pink Giuseppe Zanotti 
suede ankle strap platform pumps. Unfortunately, those were $750. And she accessorized that with a bundle of red balloons, which was probably the cheapest. Zero dollars. <laughs> yeah, zero dollars. From your local party store. Yeah. <laughs> I can afford that. Yeah, we can afford that accessory. Also while shooting on the street, Taylor wore a green Massimo for Target plaid button-down shirt for $22.99. Woo! You could probably find that in your Target soon, if it's not there already. She also wore a black Allison Olivia high-waist shorts, which is $220, and a Reese Hattie wool trilby hat, which is $95. Her footwear, she wore the Rag & Bone Kerr Nubuck ankle boot in Bordeaux, which is $550. So on September 15th in New York City, during the day, Taylor wore a black, pink, and white top and skirt combo that was once again by Aqua, the textured sleeveless zip-back crop top and textured knee-length pencil skirt. With that, she carried her Dolce & Gabbana Sophia textured leather bag, which is $2,895, and wore pink Christian Louboutin Lady Peep pumps for $945. Those definitely offset the cost of the $48 crop top. Yeah, no kidding. And so then when she went out later that night, she carried the same bag, but this time she had on a pair of black check smart shorts by River Island, which are $60. And with that, an Aritzia Babitone Haze blouse, which was 85 and went down to $29.99. Oh, that was a great outfit. But I think I like the next one a little bit better. On September 16th, she was spotted walking out of her apartment wearing a Free People Masquerade cuff pullover that was in white. It was $47.99. And then she wore an RD-style plat skater skirt. It's not available yet, but it will be on Amazon. Unfortunately, it's not going to be available in the same color. And then my favorite part of the outfit was her knee-high socks, which were called the tabby socks. And those were the crochet over the knee sock in Merlot. They're only $16. And she accessorized with the same green Dolce & Bagana textured leather bag that is $2,895. And she also accessorized with Olivia, which was <laughs> the best. Priceless. <laughs> <laughs> that's just like those commercials where it's like blah 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 this many dollars olivia priceless yeah except <laughs> not really because she's like four thousand dollars <laughs> <laughs> so the next one uh september 17th while in la with carly Kloss, taylor again carried her green bag that we mentioned nice and wore a white free people intimately petaluma slip perfect pronunciation 88 dollars <laughs> nate can you describe <laughs> what that is um, it's, yes, I can very accurately. Just ask me later. A, <laughs> it's a shirt. Um, women sometimes wear them. It's, it's a slip. Um, obviously, intimately. <laughs> Great description. I can picture it perfectly in my Thank head. You. A long shirt. That's a slip. Excellent. A lot of the free people dresses look kind of similar. I'm looking at this one and it really reminds me of a few that she's worn in the past. I love it, though. Yeah, it's really cute. I like it in the black. And then our last outfit on September 19th was on the red carpet at iHeart, and Taylor wore a Calvin Klein custom color blocked crop top and skirt with black and white Christian Louis Vuitton Guanita sandals. They were $745. And for the actual performance, she wore a Jessica Jones custom ensemble that was a baby pink 
bedazzled long sleeve crop top and a skater skirt that was also bedazzled in pink and it was really cute i really loved the outfit up close in person where i saw it it was gorgeous too i saw her say or rather i saw somebody else say who talked to her yesterday that she said she felt like her outfit looked like an eight-year-old's keychain a little bit but it was cute I don't even really understand that comparison or know what that even means, but I thought it was gorgeous. I'm just glad they fixed her shoes because at the rehearsal, she said her shoes were too big. Yeah. She's like, I know I'm going to forget, but these shoes are too big. And I absolutely loved that outfit that she had worn on the red carpet for the interviews of iHeart. She looked so gorgeous. When I saw pictures of her, I was like, oh my God, I hope she wears that on stage, but she didn't. But it was so just perfect for her. Mm-hmm. You know, the color blocking and the colors of it reminded me of her gorgeous dress at the Giver premiere. Yeah, kind of, except it was like white instead of pale pink, but yeah. I loved it too. Well, that was a very lengthy fashion rundown for the past couple of weeks, and thanks to TaySwiftStyle.com for always tracking down all of these outfits and the information about where to buy them. So you can go to her site, and again, that's TaySwiftStyle. Dot com and get all the links where you can purchase these items. So it's actually appropriate that we are just talking about Taylor's outfit from iHeartRadio because for our main discussion, we wanted to talk all about every aspect of this performance, which really in a way was sort of the first concert of the 1989 era. So this was actually the second time I've gone to see Taylor perform at iHeartRadio, and the first time was the first time that she played it, which was two years ago in 2012, right before Red came out. And I've been so looking forward to this since it was announced in July. And not only because of Taylor, but because this year was just an absolutely killer lineup with basically every single one of Taylor's friends. It's true. Ed was there. So I've been basically counting down this concert for months, and everybody was really just in anticipation of what Taylor was going to do. There was an article or a quote that came out like a month or so ago saying that she was going to be performing new music, so people thought that meant she would be performing multiple new songs. But unfortunately, what it ended up meaning was just that at the time, Shake It Off hadn't been released yet, so that was the new music she was performing. But for seeing Shake It Off live for the first time, I just, I'm still not recovered. I wouldn't be either. I definitely liked this performance of Shake It Off better than at the VMAs. Yeah, I was like thinking, am I just biased because I was at this one in person? But I don't think that's it. I really think this was the strongest performance of Shake It Off of the three that she's had, which were the VMAs, the performance she did over in, was it Germany? And this one. And we haven't heard the Target one. Right. Because it's not on YouTube yet. She had this speech that I'm imagining will be very similar to the speech she'll end up doing on tour where she was just talking about all the different types of situations that people go through. And she said, you're always getting deadlines and people making things up about you. It's just one thing after another. And she listed a whole bunch of things. And she's like, so I think that you should just shake it off. It was just so perfect. It was just such a Taylor speech. I loved it. Yeah, I think that makes sense for tour. And i bet that it will be the finale. I don't want to spoil anything because I don't even know, but I'm just betting. Yeah, I'm already getting ahead of myself because that was the last song of her set that she performed. I just started talking about that first because it blew me away so much that I still, two days later, I'm not recovered from it. So backing up a little bit, she was the first performer of the whole lineup of the two-day festival, which is a really big deal. Right. I mean, she's legendary and iconic, as the advertisement said, so it makes sense. That was the best commercial ever. (laughs) (laughs) 
it was so cool how she was really lead bill on this whole thing for everything. You could not walk anywhere in the MGM without seeing billboards and posters of her plastered everywhere, which of course made me very happy. And they even printed all of their room keys for that weekend with a picture of Taylor on it. I saw that. Did you get one? I did. <gasps> Yay! That's great. <laughs> and I wasn't even staying there, but I went over to the desk and I was like, look, I traveled a long way for this concert. Unfortunately, I'm not staying here, but I have tickets. Will you please give me a room key? And the first person said no. The second person said no. The second person got their manager who gave me very weird looks and then finally <laughs> gave me one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm persistent like that. You are. You get managers to give you stuff like no other. That's how you gotta be. I was not leaving without one of these room keys. I just really <laughs> needed it in my life. Show those managers who's boss. <laughs> so that was exciting. She really was just the main draw, I think, that they were using in all of their marketing materials. And so we started hearing a couple of days before the performance that she might be opening. And then on Thursday, which was the day before the show, she was spotted in Vegas, what appeared to be filming something. She drove up to the front entrance of the MGM hotel in a black car that said 1989 on the license plate. And that ended up being part of her video that they showed for the opening sequence. That video was hilarious. That was pretty funny. I wasn't expecting Ryan Seacrest. <laughs> I know. They're so funny together. I loved it. If you haven't seen it, it's basically a scene of Taylor getting out of her car, running through the casino, grabbing this briefcase that then Ryan Seacrest tries to take away from her, and then they open it, and it's this bedazzled 1989 microphone, and then she goes onto the stage. But you just have to see it. She's so adorable. Yeah, I love the part when she's like trying to crawl over the laser lights, and when she bet on the 13. <laughs> I think I've watched it six times, at least, since Friday. I need to watch it again. So that was the opening, and then from there, she went right into We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together. She had her full 1989 set on stage, which was very, very cool. It changed colors and lit up and was awesome. So she did We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together, talked to the crowd for a little bit. Then she went into 22... And I knew you were trouble, which I absolutely loved. I can never get enough of them. And I felt like I was back at the Red Tour, which also made me sad. Yeah, it's been one year since Nashville already. It's crazy. Exactly to the day of the last show today. Mm -hmm. So that was definitely fun getting to hear those songs live again. And then for her next song, she went into Love Story. But this was not the typical love story that we've come to know where she's always wearing a princess dress and has some sort of fairy tale situation on stage. She actually created this really amazing remix of it that I will be shocked if it's not part of the 1989 tour. I thought that was awesome. I am obsessed with it. I've listened to it so many times since Friday. I just can't get enough of it. So she's on the keyboard during it. And how would you describe it? It's kind of a hip hop beat, I think. Kind of. For me, the most prominent part of the song was the backup singers. I kind of noticed how they, similar to how on Red Tour, they kind of seemed to almost overpower her with their voice. I hope that doesn't happen again on this tour. I agree with you. I did think they were a little loud. Mm -hmm. But the same thing happened before Red, and I was worried about it. And then on tour, it was fine. Well, the thing that makes me think that that remix and performance will definitely be part of the tour is that during it, they had this sort of light show going on on stage that was all these different beams of neon colored light. And it just looked very 80s to me. I really feel like it's going to be part of the actual 1989 tour. 
I can't see her rearranging the whole song like that and not using it. Mm-hmm. Right. She obviously worked very hard on it for a reason. So what were your thoughts live? Did you think the backup singers were overwhelming? Maybe it was just how it was translated to us. I have this thing where when I'm watching Taylor, I don't notice anything else going on around me <laughs> at all. <laughs> so... <laughs> For example, the time at the Red Show in Lexington when there was a bat flying around the arena and I didn't even see it. (laughs) (laughs) That explains why we didn't notice the backup singers live. So I would imagine the same thing is going on for at least me and Nate here with this performance. Another thing that she did that was really fun and I can possibly see it being part of the tour was that during, now I forget which song it was, but I think it was 22 when she released all of the balloons. Oh, yeah. And she had to kick one, right? Yeah. Yeah, they were flying all over the arena. It was really fun. She, like, hits it at this girl, and it, like, smacked the grate and came, like, straight back at her face, but she just, like, so nonchalantly just punched it back out into the crowd and kept performing. <laughs> it was it was actually She shook cool. it off. Yeah, she shook it off. It was just overall a perfect set. So much fun. I shook it off so hard. <laughs> I was dying by the time it was over, just physically from exhaustion, because I just danced so hard. I haven't danced at a Taylor concert in over a year, so obviously I need to like practice or something before the tour starts. <laughs> so I'm taking a guess that Taylor was your favorite performance, hopefully, since you do a podcast about just her. Just a little bit. <laughs> a little biased. Who were your other favorite acts? Because there were so many at this festival. I was just in awe pretty much the entire time. So first off, I want to mention an act that I expected to really not like, but actually kind of liked a lot, which surprisingly was Nicki Minaj. Hey, Taylor likes her. I think she's pretty talented. She sang Super Bass, which we know is a song Taylor loves, and I've always liked it, and that was really fun. She opened her set with that. She also sang her song Moment for Life, which I've had on my iPod for a couple years, and I like it. And then she went through a whole bunch of other songs. She ended with Starships, which is a really fun song. She had Ariana Grande join her in the middle of it for Bang Bang. I thought it was just a really good set. She was very entertaining and a lot better with the crowd than I thought she would be. So was she your second favorite? I don't really know how to rank any of the others because I love Taylor so much and then everyone else is just everyone else. But I really did like it. Coldplay, who went right after Taylor, was absolutely incredible. There's really no words for them. How about Ed and Lord? I mean, Ed is Ed. He rules the entire world. So there's that. (laughs) I was so excited to see him again because I just saw him last Saturday and the crowd responded really, really well to him. And I always love, especially for artists like Ed, where they're popular, but not necessarily everybody knows their songs. But I was looking around the arena during when he was singing Thinking Out Loud, which is getting popular and it's going to be his next single, but it's not that well known yet. But actually, I feel like almost everyone in the arena knew the words. Oh, that's so cool. I saw so many people singing to it. Everyone responded to him so positively. And the other thing he did that was really cool was he brought out a surprise guest, which I wanted Taylor to bring one out, but oh well. But he brought out Macklemore and they sang Same Love together. Which must have been really cool. I have to look up the video for that. It really was. That sounds pretty awesome. I mean, people, I think, were getting really emotional about it. It was great. And then the other person that I was looking forward to the most because I'd never seen her before was Taylor's other good friend, Lord. And oh my God, I mean, I already loved her music. She's such a good performer. I just, I don't even know what to say. I'm going to her concert on Friday now because I have to. 
I already love her song, so I'd imagine that to see her perform would be really cool. She just has such great stage presence. Her hair is very long, which we know, but I swear she took hair flipping lessons from Taylor. (laughs) (laughs) She was just flipping her head around the entire time, and it was great to watch. I just, I don't know, I loved it. And then my other favorite, I'm basically just saying everyone is my favorite, but they honestly were all that good, is another one of Taylor's friends who I'd never seen before, which was Paramore, which seriously just killed it so much. The energy that they have on stage is incredible. Sounds like it was really cool. Next time Taylor goes, I will go. Yeah, it was 100% worth it. So, so many great acts. They always have surprises. It's really, really amazing. It's also very, very long. It ends up being about almost six hours worth of performances, which is about three Taylor concerts put together. So by the end of it, I was seriously about to fall over in my seat. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely want to go next time she's there. I think she'll do it again. She dominates the radio. That's just a fact. Well, I think we were all kind of hoping Taylor would show up on Saturday to iHeartRadio. For me, it was to perform with Edder Lord. But she had other plans in mind, and of course her other plans involved making fans deliriously happy. Making fans lose their minds. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, she just decides, hey, it's Saturday. I'm just going to invite fans to my house to hear the new album, because why not? I'm Taylor Swift, and I treat my fans like gold, and so that's just what she did. She invited 89 fans in two separate groups to her L.A. home, and she played the album for them. And the fans were directed not to give lyrics or song titles out to anyone. And, of course, as Swifties, we're very trustworthy people, so people have not been doing that. However, they've been telling us little bits of information about the album, so we just wanted to relay some of it to you. And if you don't want to hear it, just skip this section. There aren't really spoilers in terms of, of course, lyrics and song titles. It's just kind of general information. But one person at swingofyourstep.tumblr.com attended the event, and she wrote a lot of information about the album. She said, This album is so good. On the first listen alone, you'll love it. This is easily her best album, to be honest. I saw everybody saying that. Yeah, it makes me feel very at ease because Mm -hmm. this is such a shift. And it's consistently being said that it's first listen, you're going to be completely hooked. Mm -hmm. I've seen people say it's better than Red, it's better than Speak Now, and I'm just like, oh my god, what are we in for? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was easy to be wary a couple weeks ago. I'm glad that now that it's really starting to come out that people are saying that it's awesome, that it is very comforting. Going a little bit into the tracks, the opening song on the record, which we already knew about this through the Rolling Stone article, it's not about a boy or love or anything like that. It's about a place. And as I mentioned, Rolling Stone already said the lead song, opening song, is about moving to New York City. The person said it's very solid. I've heard it reminds people of State of Grace in a way. And this is one she wrote with Ryan Tedder. So I'm interpreting that as Ryan Tedder is not actually singing on it, but I love Ryan Tedder, so I'm still excited about that one. She then went on to say that there is about one or two songs about a certain guy that she dated, but we don't know which one it's about. But she said that from what she's heard so far, there are no songs about dissing any exes, and that's if her memory serves her correctly. So that's really cool to hear. What are people going to find to complain about now? They're going to have to find (laughs) something new. It's too poppy. (laughs) 
I know people are going to say that too. I'm just waiting for it. She should have stayed with country. Yeah. <laughs> Can we finally stop hearing people say she needs a song called Maybe I'm the Problem? <laughs> <laughs> I hope she has one. Maybe you're the problem. <laughs> internet commenters you're the problem (laughs) we should tweet her that as a suggestion as a bonus track speaking of bonus tracks the very lucky fans also got to hear the voice memo i think they only heard one out of the three but she said that this was so good it was pitch perfect and just amazing but the actual completed song was even better i'm so excited to hear those So they then go on to say, there is one song with uh, the title that is very similar to an ex-boyfriend's name. Spoiler alert, style. (laughs) Yeah, Rolling Stone told us that. Like, duh. So, anyway, they said it's not what you would expect at all. It's not a diss song, and it is, quote, so catchy. So I cannot wait to hear this song, actually. So Yeah, I'm glad it's not going to be a diss song. And in fact, she told some of the fans who were there that they're friends. So that's great. So the last thing that she said, just to kind of sum it up, was that she said, I was really worried when she said she was going to go full on pop and work so much with Shellback and Max Martin. But after hearing most of 1989, my worries are gone. And then she says that it's an amazing pop album and that it has amazing lyrics and really solid beats. So she said, for your fears and worries, just shake it off. Yeah, that was really comforting. She said it has the tailored touch we've all come to know and love. So it doesn't matter what genre she is, it's still Taylor. So for another fan's perspective and some more info, there's a post about it at tswiftnation.tumblr.com. So you can go over there and see what that fan's experience was like too. And I think the person who gave us the most details out of anyone is a journalist who was invited. And Taylor retweeted him, so he's getting a lot of attention. His name is Chris Willman, and... He's a journalist for musicians, and we just wanted to give you some details about some of his tweets. He first said, I just heard Taylor's new album. It's not just more pop. It's so gloriously pop, it makes I Knew You Were Trouble sound like the Judds. That's a very extreme statement. That is, too. I love that song, too. Very true. Then he went on saying, of the 12 new Taylor Swift songs, he counted only two that he would qualify as ballads. The other 10 are similar to Shake It Off. And that was the thing that Taylor retweeted, so I would assume that that is correct. And then he said, for his favorite, he can't say the name of it, but he said, I have to go with the one she co-wrote with Imogen Heap that closes the record. And I've heard people say that that song is really, really beautiful, and it sort of reminded them of All Too Well, so I'm so excited. And one thing I'm really excited about, he said it is mostly Max Martin and Shellback, but Taylor did bring back Nathan Chapman for a sort of fairly traditional ballad. And then she showed everyone a video of returning soldiers because she actually wants to repurpose this track to honor Betts instead of her little three-month relationship, which just makes me love Taylor a million more times than I already do. Because that's what she does. She writes songs about her life and then realizes that people can relate them to so many other things in the world. I love Nathan Chapman. I love ballads. This is going to be a traditional ballad. I don't know the song yet, but it might be my favorite. We'll see. The question is, are we going to somehow see it along with this soldier video? Like maybe on the tour? That would be awesome. I don't know. So he goes on to say that Taylor also put uh, one of her very rough songwriting demos that she sent to Ryan Tedder before playing the finished track. So 
I'm assuming this is what she recorded into her phone somehow, or if this is just actually one of the demos that, that she made. But anyway, I, I'm pretty excited to hear that. I always love hearing the raw music before it's in its finished form that she puts on her album. That she only will keep on her phone because she's afraid of wiretaps. <laughs> it's a legitimate concern, right? <laughs> Probably is, actually, when you're everyone's after your phone number, so... <laughs> So we know that the song Bad Blood had been getting a lot of attention since she mentioned in Rolling Stone, but Chris says that he thinks the most blogged about song is actually going to be a different song where Taylor parodies her own romantic image, which I imagine will be really funny, and I hope that there's some acting out involved like in the Stay 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 performance. (laughs) He said a lot of people won't get the irony, but it's fun. I wonder if it will be about having to Google people she doesn't even know who they are or who she's dating because she's been saying that recently. Maybe this one will be called what we just said. Maybe you're the problem. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, I hope so. We're psychic. And then the last thing he says is this album is not as nearly emotional as Taylor's last albums, but about 50 times as emotive as almost any other album with this big beat production. Sounds promising. Sounds different, and I'm excited. So even though it's a step back from Red in terms of writing directly about romance and heartbreak, as we could have expected, it will have much more meaning and emotion and depth than anything else on the top 40. Because it's Taylor. And that's good, because the top 40 really could use some improvement. And another Tumblr that we found, if you want to check it out, is twirlersleft.tumblr.com. And they have a lot of information about house details and everything. You can also go to tswiftla.tumblr.com for another blog post. But I was really excited about this. No one else who's famous would ever do anything like this for fans. It's just incredible that Taylor goes out of her way and does this. She baked cookies. She gave them sushi, pizza. They played with her awards and Olivia. You know, the only house she hasn't brought friends to is her Rhode Island mansion. Which is my favorite. Yeah. It almost seems like Taylor's in a contest with herself to keep topping herself as far as amazing things to do with fans. (laughs) And she does every time. Well, this has been a very, 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 very exciting and action-packed episode. And to keep you up on our amazing episodes, we would like you to subscribe to us on iTunes, and it will download the latest episode for you automatically. You can... Follow us on Taylor Connect at SwiftCast13. You can follow us on Twitter at SwiftCast13. You can write to us, which we love, which is theswiftcast13 at gmail.com. We've been getting some awesome emails lately, so keep them coming. Our Facebook is facebook.com slash theswiftcast, and our awesome website is swiftcast13.com. So I don't even know how to begin to address the question of next week, Taylor will, because... (laughs) Such a wild card at this point. It really is. I think that because we're at about the one month to release, I think that within the next week, Taylor is either going to give us a small spoiler about the album, or she's going to gear up to maybe release another single, or tell us something about the album that we did not know previously that is a milestone, kind of. I don't know if that made any sense to any of you, but... (laughs) No, that's a good thought. There were rumors going around that she was filming a music video at a Mm. castle in New York for her next single. So... I definitely think it's possible. I think 
she'll be doing the promo single soon, which we are going to be giving away. So make sure you stay tuned to our episodes and our Twitter and everything so that you can get your hands on one of those promo singles. But I could see that or maybe not this week, but very soon giving us a track listing. Hopefully an official track listing. I know some bogus ones have been floating around on like Twitter (laughs) and stuff, but we want the real thing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that there's a very good chance that next Monday on Good Morning America, she will preview a new song and it will come out next Monday night. I thought it could have happened this Monday, but she would have probably teased it by now. That would be really cool if she did. I cannot wait to hear more of this album. You know, if she goes with what she did with Red, she did four. So next Monday would be perfect, right? Yeah, it would yeah, give true. her four weeks until before the album. I think she's going to wear more cat accessories. <laughs> Maybe a Meredith scarf <laughs> along with her Olivia bangle. <laughs> I saw a hilarious Tumblr post that had how Taylor accessorizes and it had a little picture of her with her pinnacle award on her wrist and one of her carrying Olivia and then another one of her with the balloons. And I said, that's on point. That's how you accessorize. (laughs) I also think that we can all pretty much agree that she's going to be giving us more hilarious comments on Tumblr because I've been dying at the things she's been leaving for people. The bay lamp? (laughs) (laughs) that was pretty funny i'll have you know my lamp is very much bay and when she gave the recipe for her cookies she put hashtag food network and then a whole new hashtag is our friend and i just cracked up (laughs) still doesn't quite understand hashtags probably well whatever taylor does we'll be bringing it to you guys on next week's episode so for episode 71 this has been ashley Haley, Jill, Nate, and Steph. And we will see you guys back next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks, guys. Peace out, Swiss Scouts. Thank you for listening to this episode of SwiftCast. Visit us on the web at theswiftcast.com. The theme song for SwiftCast was written and performed by Sydney and Chuck. SwiftCast is not directly affiliated with Taylor Swift, Big Machine Label Group, or 13 Management. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.